when it comes to working at a startup, there's a thing called the mythical man month and it's, you can't just, you know, double and triple your, your employees and all of a sudden expect double or triple output. And so I'm, I'm really cognizant of that. And so we really grew the team at a pace that was a way that we could utilize everybody really well and in a healthy way. Hey, this is Jesse here, and thanks for checking out episode 30 of the Betting Startups Podcast. In this episode, I'm joined by Sanjay Thacker, co-founder and CEO of Verdict MMA, which is the engagement platform for mixed martial arts. In this episode, Sanjay talks about life as a niche operator focusing exclusively on MMA, how Verdict was able to tap into the passion of MMA fans to grow to over 100,000 users, and why now is the right time for them to launch a real money DFS product. I had a great time chatting with Sanjay, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to appear as a future guest on the podcast, head on over to bettingstartups.com and submit the form. Now, on to the show. All right, we're back with episode 30 of the Betting Startups podcast, and this one comes to you on a particularly special day. We're recording this on Canada Day, and my guest today, a fellow Canadian, Sanjay. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today, man? Doing well. Thank you for having me, Jesse. Great to have you here. Uh, as I said, you know, very special day up here north of the border, but for you as a fellow Canadian, you're actually south of the border right now. Where are you at, Sanjay? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm in, uh, I'm in the U.S. right now, specifically Las Vegas. It's International Fight Week, and uh, there's no better place to be considering uh, all things. 100%. Well, we're here to talk about Verdict MMA. And as you mentioned, International Fight Week, obviously a very busy and important week for you and the business. So thanks so much for taking a few minutes to join us. Just to kick off, Sanjay, for folks that maybe aren't familiar with you or your background, can you just give us a brief introduction, maybe uh, a few chapters of your journey up until the co-founding of Verdict MMA? Yeah, for sure. I'm a software engineer by trade. I went to school for computer science. And uh, ever since I've been working for startups just from the get-go, for me, working at a larger company, it's always something I could have done, but uh, creating something from the ground up was something I was really passionate about. And, you know, I started off with video games for me. And what came to happen was we had a big opportunity in the MMA space, and that was another passion that I had. And so combining the two with software and MMA just has been really fruitful and has been quite the adventure for me. Yeah, I can imagine. And I guess, you know, talking a little bit about Verdict and just sort of the origin story of it, can you give us a bit of a sense of just sort of how it all came together, when you guys started it, why you started it, just what the overall high concept is? Yeah, it's a, it's a different sort of story from your conventional type, which is going out and starting a business. How it kind of started for us was it was three of us co-founders. Uh, we're, we're high school friends and it was me, Mandeep and David. And we watched MMA every single week, uh, specifically UFC at Mandeep's house. And, you know, week after week, we would, we would watch these events and we love GSP. You're a fellow Canadian as well. So, you yeah. know, George St. Pierre, uh, for anybody who doesn't know him, he's one of the greatest of all times in MMA. And, uh, we were watching this event back in 2013 with him versus Johnny Hendricks. And at the end of this event, we were all kind of confused. We were like, who actually won? because in MMA, you have this scoring system for every single round. And we wanted to believe that George St. Pierre won because we were huge fans. But at the same time, we kind of thought that Johnny Hendricks won. And so we were kind of confused and we, we were kind of curious what other people thought in this space. And uh, we realized there was nothing to kind of gauge the audience other than you know Twitter. But that doesn't really give you an accurate representation of what people actually thought on a per round breakdown. And so what we did was we created a system where people can submit their round scores live. 
And that sort of kicked things off. From there, we thought about how do we get players to come in and actually interact with the platform before the round scoring. And we thought about fight picks to do that. This was back in 2013. And so we introduced fight picks. And from there, we added on more things. We added on a leaderboard. We added on a belt system that you could graduate through as you place higher during these events. And uh, as you can see, we sort of gamified the entire experience. So my love for games combined with MMA kind of created this thing. And uh, eventually we kind of realized that we want to make some money off of this and, and uh, we want to be able to kind of add fuel to the fire. So we want to be able to support this full time. Mm -hmm. And really we saw an opportunity with the way that the iGaming space was evolving in the US and Canada. And we saw an opportunity with DFS coming out of the gray zone and more into a well-defined zone, depending on region. And uh, from there, we decided to raise our money and raise a seed fund. And we did so with a few investors. Awesome. We're going to drill into a few of these points in a few minutes here. But yeah, I mean, just to your point, I guess, around the genesis of it with that uh, famous GSP and Johnny Hendricks match, right? Never leave it in the hands of the judges, as Dana always says. And I guess yeah. uh, your guys' response to that was developing what is now, I guess, one of the most popular MMA apps out there. And I guess just to, again, sort of walk through the timeline here, Sanjay, um, you know, that match was in 2013, sort of sparked the idea, the aha moment, if you will. And I guess just from there, right, you built it out. And I just want to sort of fill in the chapters here, right? Because you guys have had a major product milestone in the last month or so, which we will talk about. But just sort of backtracking from there. Originally, it started as, I guess, just a free-to-play app and just an engagement app. Was it really at the beginning sort of an eye towards having it be something that was broader than that, like daily fantasy sports or like betting? Or was it very much at the outset, very much just something for you guys and other fight fans to be able to engage with and, like you say, sort of solve that problem of round-by-round -round scoring and capturing that fan sentiment? No, it sort of started off as just being a project that we could learn a lot from. And uh, that's that's kind of how I viewed it. It was, uh, it was something, two things I really loved. And I find that to be the best way to learn. It's kind of like creating something and filling in the blanks as you go. And that's sort of what I did. At the time, I was a mobile engineer and I, we created these mobile apps on iOS and Android. And over time, we learned so much more and we learned more about the different industries that are involved. Uh, we learned more about the inside baseball of MMA. We learned about startups in general, how to raise money. This isn't stuff that we kind of had parents or anybody like that kind of help us with. We had to figure this out by ourselves. And so there was no real plan other than creating an engaging platform for MMA. Actually, at the beginning, it was just round scoring and picks, but we decided that we can't, we don't really have a North Star when it comes to those two. And so defining a North Star, like being an MMA engagement platform, that opens up a lot more for us. And so from back there, it was just these two things that we wanted to create it. But as time went on, a lot of users jumped in and, and started using the platform. And now we have this giant community that's uh, supported through the apps and Discord and Twitter and, and Instagram. And, and that sort of validated what we were creating. And from that point forward, we kind of saw more opportunities to kind of sustain that ecosystem. And that's really what we want to do here with the next step is creating a sustainable ecosystem where uh, we're able to do this full time and fans are able to jump in and be more engaged. Awesome. And, you know, for you guys, with it being literally called Verdict MMA, right? MMA literally in the product name, you've really positioned yourself as a niche operator and a niche product very much specific to the mixed martial arts community. Um, 
Just wondering if you could talk a little bit about, I guess, your mental model and thought process being uh, a niche operator, really focusing on one sport and going deep with it, right? As opposed to many other incumbents out there that go very wide and obviously try and sort of capture the broad spectrum of everything sport related. You guys have gone very narrow, but very deep. I'm just sort of wondering if you can sort of talk through, I guess, your guys' decision-making around that path and sort of really uh, hitching your wagon, I guess, to MMA as a sport. Yeah, it's an interesting question because you have other... You have a lot of bigger sports out there. You have these giant sports that are just uh, behemoths, right? Like uh, the NFL, NBA, their user base is huge. And when you talk to investors, it's always about total addressable market. It's always about, you know, theoretically, if everything went right, how many people are interested? And, and for us, we didn't really, of course, we cared about that in terms of projections. Like, is it even possible to make? But uh, we sort of, decided to stick to our ethos. We didn't really want to, although other people have suggested, how can we kind of use the technology that you have and adapt it to basketball or football? We kind of stuck to our laurels and said that we're really passionate about MMA. The reason we're doing this is for fighters and fight fans and we're fight fans ourselves. We really want to create tools and engagement techniques for ourselves. And so that's kind of what we kind of uh, flew off with. We're, we kind of see that as a strength. We kind of see it as people who, who view verdict and are in MMA kind of see verdict. Whereas when it comes to betting operators, there's so many across the board that operate on the horizontal that when you think basketball and you think betting, you don't think one individual operator, you kind of think across the board. But what we'd like to see is when people think MMA and they think second screen experience, or they think, how do I have a little bit more fun during fight night with my friends? They think verdict automatically. I've been an MMA fan for a long time. And I remember back in the earlier days, you know, back before it was maybe as mainstream as it is now, I remember Dana White doing an interview and sort of trying to explain to people what it is that's so compelling about fighting to some of the skeptics that were out there. And I remember he gave this example. It still resonates with me all these years later, which is something to the effect of, you know, if you take four street corners and on one corner, people are playing basketball on another corner, they're playing baseball and another corner, they're playing street hockey. And then on the fourth corner, a fight breaks out. Where does the crowd go? Right. Inherently, I guess humans are drawn to this. And there's something very, I guess, primitive about fighting that, that, you know, instinctively for most people, there is something compelling about it, right? So, I mean, certainly for your guys' uh, you know, strategy focusing deep in the MMA community, it makes a lot of sense to just sort of tap into, I guess, that, that passionate nature of the fight fans. And I guess just talking a little bit about that, Sanjay, um, you know, it looks like you guys have a really, really strong, robust community. I think I read somewhere uh, over 100,000 users, 80% of which actually engage with the app on a typical sort of UFC fight night. Sort of wondering if you can talk about just sort of how you've managed to build up this community over the years and particularly as a B2C app where it's such a crowded landscape and so competitive and so difficult to build a critical mass of users. Um, what's been sort of the secret unlock for Verdict MMA as it's grown that user base and is able to sort of think about scaling now as opposed to the startup phase? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I just want to go back to what you mentioned before, sure. which was Dana's quote. I love to, I, I love to say something similar, which is if we were to redo the universe many times, like re-roll the universe, there would always be MMA. There would always be some sort of UFC that pops up because yeah. people love watching two people go at it. But I'm not sure about baseball. Like, I'm not sure if that would, uh, you know, with the yeah. intricate rule set, would that, would it have come out that same way every single time? Would it be the first, you know, sport out there in the major leagues? But I can say for certainty, there's always going to be, you know, a coliseum. Yeah. <laughs> of some sort. Getting back to your question though, how did we, uh, 
how do we sort of get to this point in such a, in a B2C sort of space, which is becoming tougher to penetrate just with the attention economy. For us, it, I think uh, being inside of a niche was a huge strength in a world where there's so many things to choose from with what you do with your time. You have to really find the passionate fans that are passionate about something. And for us, happen to work out with mixed martial arts and the UFC. For us, uh, leveraging that and double downing that was really beneficial in general. I think uh, it kind of uh, speaks to like other startups too. Like Amazon started off with just selling books and eventually branched out to many other things. And uh, seems like a great strategy to penetrate B2C in general. And uh, also to mention using social media in a very powerful way. So for us, every single Saturday, there's this emotional hype that, that occurs inside of the fight game. And Twitter is like, you know, it's, uh, it's going off. Like a lot of people are, are, the conversation is right there. People want to be included on that conversation. Things are trending. And so we're able to leverage that when people are very at, you know, at the peak of their uh, emotional being during fight nights. And so being able to tap into that, Mandy's done an excellent job uh, kind of catering information towards that community. So it's not only about gathering that information, that's just a part of it, right? But giving that information back and kind of interpreting that towards some sort of story, that's where I think people really kind of hook on to. And so, uh, you know, even this weekend, you have Max Holloway fighting Volkanovsky again. And so for Verdict, you know, after coming off of two fights and having so much information in terms of round scoring, that's contributing to this third fight that we're going into. And uh, that's also kind of a hook that we have when it comes to connecting emotionally with the user base. Nice. And I alluded to this a few minutes ago. You guys recently have expanded the product and have introduced real money, daily fantasy sports. I'm just wondering, uh, I guess you can talk a little bit about that, Sanjay, and just the, again, the thinking and the decision-making that went into you guys ultimately making the call to launch a DFS product now, and, and particularly with the maturation of the DFS space, what was it about a daily fantasy product within MMA that you thought the time was right to launch something and, and Verdict MMA was the right product to take to market, right? What, what was it about, I guess, daily fantasy that thought that was sort of the next step up the ladder for you guys? Yeah, for us, so we've had this picks game for a very long time. DFS seemed like a natural progression for us. So what we were really looking for was something that would allow us to do this full time, right? And going into DFS, you, you have to get through a lot of challenges, right? Things like talking to regulators, passing particular tests, writing a lot of software, thinking about a, a lot of use cases, uh, having like region controls, all that sort of stuff. It's a lot of work, but it also creates a moat for you, a protective moat, and it also creates a bottom line for your company. For a lot of MA media companies, they have a, a top line, which is a top of funnel, which is getting people to look at their media. But for us, really, we have this bottom of the funnel, which is like getting people into the DFS app now. So for us, it's like contributing more to the ecosystem and kind of taking something that people are familiar with, which is our picks game and making it into a DFS game. And the cool part about that is it's something that people kind of say that the market's kind of matured into betting. But uh, I've spoken at the FSGA conference recently, and there's quite a bit of overlap between the crowd that uh, does fantasy sports and does sports betting. So there's uh, about 65.5 million folks who bet on sports, and 59% uh, of that 70 million do both, DFS and gambling. And there's actually very little cannibalization 
between the two. People who have gone into betting from DFS, 98% have gone on to do, continue to do both. And so we're, we're really looking forward to sort of using this as not a way to like make money, but to engage further with a sport that they love and also bring more light onto fighters. So something that DFS gives you that betting doesn't, for example, is with DFS, you have to pick across the board who you think is going to win. It's not just like you can pick who you think is going to win on the main event. And the cool thing about that is people really have to do their research into the different fighters. And when that happens, people really run into the storylines of the different fighters. And so you can kind of figure out how the engagement uh, sort of occurs at that point in time. And so that's really what we're looking forward to kind of tapping into so that people make those picks and then they interact with their friends at the same time. And you know, we don't really know what the future holds for us. We really want to make this product really good. We want to make the onboarding really simple. We want to make the interactions with uh, joining a tournament very easily, very easy. And then we want to make engagement with your friends within those tournaments really nice. And so we really want to focus on that being able to measure our metrics and then, and then kind of see where we're going to go from there. Uh, but right now, uh, we're kind of just focusing on the DFS product then rather than being like, we're going to rush into betting or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's early days. I think it's only been what a few weeks for you guys with the DFS product. So we'll give you a minute there before asking about betting. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, I'm curious as well, Sanjay, just, you know, thinking about sort of this critical mass of users you have using the app and making their predictions in there, um, I guess, zooming out and thinking about it at an abstract level and aggregate, right? There's obviously a pretty, I guess, rich data set you have uh, that sort of starts to tap into wisdom of the crowd type sentiment. And I'm sort of curious and without sort of giving away any thoughts you might have for future plans, do you see opportunities for Verdict MMA in the future to leverage sort of this wisdom of the crowd data and sort of this aggregate data set you have uh, with everybody making the predictions on an event by event basis? Yeah, for sure. So wisdom of the crowd was really what got us started. It's basically a lot of people contributing to a data set. And then the average of that would, would converge uh, to the correct answer. And actually, uh, that's, it's, it's kind of a bit misinterpreted. It's actually, if you get a bunch of people who know what they're doing that are skilled at what they're measuring and then average it, you'll get an even better answer. And so what we're looking to leverage there is kind of figuring out how fights actually placed with scoring, but not only that, we could also do that with fights. Like how do people think the outcome of a fight is gonna, uh, is gonna occur. And so what we're we can look, we can kind of like slice and dice that data in different ways. We can kind of provide betting odds if we want to. Right now, when you look at the app, you kind of see everybody across the board for both round scoring and for fight predictions. You see the averages of those, but that's not the full story. What we could do is we could, uh, we could take the data from users that we identify as more skillful, and we can do that by seeing who's been on the platform longer, uh, who in general makes better picks and create a data set based off of that. Uh, normalize some information and then create fight odds for that. That's something that we can sell too. And as you're probably aware of, there's Discord channels that, you know, kind of uh, have a reoccurring subscription fee to get that kind of information. And so we're not looking at anything like that for now, but we certainly want to make more use of that, of that information. Yeah, no, it makes a ton of sense. I want to shift a little bit, just to talk about funding for a minute. You made reference a few minutes ago to, I believe, a seed round you guys had raised. Uh, just to sort of level set where you're at today, can you just quickly share where you guys are at on the fundraising journey? I do know there's some folks from the betting industry that are involved. I also know, I actually think the very first time I heard of Verdict MMA uh, was uh, because I follow Ben Askren on Twitter, who retweeted something from you guys, and I understand he's involved as well. So I'm just wondering, yeah, if you could sort of level set where you guys are at today on the fundraising journey, Sanjay. 
Yeah. So uh, last year, early last year, I was at ClassPass as it became a billion dollar company. And at that point, I was, you know, kind of thinking about what the next step for me would be. And for us, raising an amount to make this DFS product and go in full time was kind of the first time we were thinking about this all. And at that point, you know, the fundraising landscape was pretty strong. A lot of people putting money into the space. And, uh, and at the end of the day, I think we'd be kicking ourselves if we didn't try to do this full time. Like there's so many, there's so many things we talk about, but when you're doing this part time, it's kind of hard to create what you want to create. And so doing this full time was something that we were really passionate about. And we'd be, yeah, like I said, we'd be totally kicking ourselves if we didn't try to do this. And so at the end of the day, we were, we kind of decided like, okay, how much would we be valued at? How much do we want to raise? What are our projections looking at if we were to create something like this? And let's create a business plan. And once we had those in hand, we went to various investors. There was two types of people that we came across. People who were on the in crowd, kind of watched MMA, kind of realized how strongly the, the whole space is growing. And then there's people who kind of don't understand that. And the people who were in the bucket and, be, and were able to see how fast MMA was growing, they were on board immediately. Yeah. It, was, it was crazy. So Ben Askren, uh, we spoke to him on a Monday. I remember it vividly. By Friday, we had a wire transfer which is like, that's really fast around. And uh, to Ben's credit, you know, when you watch uh, him on Twitter, like he's, he's a really smart individual. He doesn't just focus on MMA. He's, he's gone and he's, he's really brought across the board, his understanding, just talking to him about various topics. He really understands various topics really well. And we've spoke to him on many subjects like uh, finance and crypto. And uh, some of the inv other investors that are in the space that have also been on this podcast, uh, Ben Chernyak, Lloyd Danzing, they're also in the iGaming space and realize that this combination of iGaming as it's growing and MMA as it's growing, when it's crossed together, can be something huge. And so people like them and, and Chris Grove, people that we got on board, they've been phenomenal and very useful to tap into in terms of their knowledge. Yeah, 100%. An all-star team you have uh, behind you there. Absolutely. You know, so I guess you, you talked about raising that seed around to really sort of get the DFS product developed and live and you've hit that milestone. Obviously, you're, you're growing that and scaling that product now. But I guess as you think to the future and think about sort of future fundraising, is there anything on the horizon right now as far as plans to raise more at this stage? Or is it really just focusing on the product and the growth of it before really considering what the next step is on, on the fundraising side? Yeah, it's really the, the second one there. We really want to create strong metrics for yeah. ourselves. I'm somebody who's really passionate about product and engineering. I've been watching, as I've been working at startups, really been watching the product folks closely and like, you know, what do these metrics mean? And we're kind of creating the parallel for us because at the end of the day, we don't want to raise based on hype. We want to have strong unit economics that support that growth. And if those aren't right, then uh, we're kind of lying to ourselves as we're making this as well. And so we want to have both solid unit economics and then also solid marketing at the same time and, and combined that's that's really what creates a really strong force in general also creates healthy evaluations as well right <laughs> <laughs> bingo really hitting the zeitgeist there and uh for us we're not really worried about fundraising anytime soon because when it comes to working at a startup there's a thing called the mythical man month and it's you can't just you know double and triple your your employees and all of a sudden expect double or triple output and so I'm, I'm really cognizant of that. And so we really grew the team at a pace that was a way that we could utilize everybody really well and in a healthy way and output uh, product features in a very healthy way. And so we want to really establish those people as leaders and then kind of continue on growing as a team, as opposed to what's kind of happening out there right now, which is people who were basing it off of projections and then things like layoffs happening. So for us, we have a ton of runway 
uh, a ton of one way to really evaluate our unit economics before even having to think about our next step. I'm going to talk as well before we wrap up today, Sandy, just about your founder journey. I'm just curious, like if you think back to, you know, the years that it's been so far on this journey, what's been the biggest personal challenge you've had to overcome as you started and, and scaled Verdict to the point it's at today? Yeah, that's a good question. I think as a, as a nerd, like it's kind of hard to kind of escape the, you know, being behind a, being behind a keyboard and just programming, like, uh, really getting out there and, and connecting all the dots, reading into social media, really looking into marketing and how you can view marketing in an engineering angle too, how you can view SEO and kind of see it as a programming challenge or an engineering challenge. Uh, how you can see product the same way. I think that's actually been uh, some of the toughest things for me because uh, just being more uh, introverted and being behind a keyboard and just honestly just being behind an IDE and creating these products, that's really what is easy for me. It's like, you know, drinking yeah. water. It's just, uh, but doing everything else and balancing everything else, that's really tough. Like getting out there and creating a hiring plan and then executing that hiring plan that's kind of the tough things that are tougher to do, but, uh, the things that you really appreciate and kind of wonder why you didn't expose yourself to sooner. Right. Uh, and then the, fl the flip side of that, right. I mean, you're in Vegas, you're sort of in the, the, the heart of, of the, you know, the MMA world, I guess, for lack of a better term, the UFC is based there. I have to assume over the course of this journey, you know, you've had some pretty cool interactions. You've met lots of people, you know, what's the coolest moments that you can think of that you've had so far in this journey, whether it's meeting somebody, whether it's being at an event, like what's, what's the moment where you've had to pitch yourself being like, wow, like I'm really doing this. I'm really here. What, what, what was that moment like for you? Yeah. Uh, I think it was, uh, I think it was pretty clear cut. Like, uh, so a lot of the times when it comes to the UFC, we're actually always behind the control panel. So when it comes to a fight night, we're actually just together and we're making sure things don't go wrong. So we can't really go to the octagon and kind of like watch it there, which is, uh, which, which is sad, but at the same time, it's fine. Like it's kind of like we're used to it now. We have our whole thing. I think the most exciting time was actually, I already, I already talked about it was, uh, raising money and, and kind of getting the first. Uh, sort of folks trickle in. I remember uh, Mandy and I, after kind of securing our first uh, marginal amount, we were just like really hyped because uh, it's kind of like uh, a lot of people in startups talk about going from zero to one. And as soon as you do get, when you do get that funding, it is going to that one. And then you kind of realize it's possible. And if you can get one person to really understand your idea and commit to it, then you can get two and you can get three. And so uh, even though uh, your question was more around the UFC and, 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 Based around that, I think actually the strongest emotional reaction that me and Maddie had was after that, which was like, yeah, we like, you know, jumped out of our chairs and we were just like, we just called each other immediately and like, we're extremely uh, excited. Awesome. Awesome. There's no wrong answers here either, by the way. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, cool. And then my standard closing question, Sandy, a bit of a fun one here. If you weren't working in, you know, MMA or sports tech, or you weren't doing anything related to software development and had to do something brand new in a parallel universe in a different space, what would that be for you? Yeah, I listen to this podcast quite a bit. And so I know it's your standard closing question. So I, I think about this question and whenever I think about it, I, I think about something, but then I think it's a cop-out because I'm like, oh, I'd be in like computer engineering or I'd be in like, you know, mechanical engineering. And I'm like, oh, everything's like engineering. It's all like building stuff. So I'm like, maybe those feel like cop-out answers to me. So if, if I were to answer your question though, I think it would be just opening up a bakery and <laughs> making, yeah, making uh, croissants and uh, 
and serving really good lattes. I think that's really what I'd be doing in a parallel universe. Nice, nice. Right on. Um, I'm going to try and resist temptation here to have a full-on MMA geek out with you on a startups podcast. But I do, before we close here, need to ask you as well, who is your GOAT, greatest of all time? Who do you have under that umbrella? Because it's a very controversial topic we could talk for days about. But I got to ask you, who who is it for you, Sanjay? Yeah, for me, it's easy. It's uh, it's GSP, and I've yeah. had this argument countless times, and uh, it's always been GSP. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, no, no elaboration needed. <laughs> Again, one Canadian <laughs> to another on on Canada Day. I'm not going right. to to refute that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, for folks listening that might want to check out the app or get in touch with you, uh, how do you suggest they best go about doing that? Yeah. So they can DM us on Twitter or IG and then also dropping a message in Discord is fine. And then also support at verdictmma.com. Like we, our team like reads that personally every single week. Like we got off a meeting an hour ago, <laughs> like reading all those. So uh, your feedback is not taken lightly. Actually, we really appreciate all the feedback that we get across the board. Awesome. Hey, appreciate you joining today. I know it's a busy week for you with International Fight Week in Vegas. Uh, it's been a ton of fun chatting, everything verdict and MMA. So really wishing you guys luck uh, for the road ahead here and look forward to staying in touch and continuing to follow the story. Thanks a lot, Sanjay. Thank you, Jesse, for your time. Really appreciate it.